What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast that is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. My name is Mitch. I'm one of your regular hosts here every single week. And who do I have with me today? Oh, you got Kyle with you today. And you got Boozy. Oh, yeah, we got the whole gang. The whole gang's here. This is our first episode of... This is our first episode of 2021. Uh, so I know that we took a we took a week or so off at the beginning of the year. We want to give you guys time to get through that three hour episode that we put out. Um, so yeah, we're back, and we decided to kick things off with a film that we missed in 2020, and that is Josh Rubin's Scare Me. Uh, so we'll be talking about that in the main feature. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to Elio. Uh, listener and buddy of ours he sent in an email that we're going to be reading in the main feature because it directly speaks about the film uh, so it make more sense to read it at that point sure. but we're going to do our normal thing where we're going to talk about everything that we've seen and uh, or watch or like everything we've seen or read or played whatever everything's fair game as long as it's a semi in the horror genre uh, but before we get on to all of that, I just want to let everyone know that today we announced our first official merchandise. We are releasing a line of t-shirts that were designed by our good friend, Jambi, Jesse Sowetsky. We talk about him all the time on the show. Big cutie. Absolutely. He's the drummer of the punk band Swayze that we talk about a lot. We talk about Jesse a lot because he thought American Bandle was real, um, but he he's not always that dumb. He is an incredible artist and it's been great watching him grow. And uh, this piece of art just speaks volumes as to his craft paying off because, man, is it beautiful. He did a beautiful Jaws-inspired Terror Table shirt for so us. So cool. Yeah, we are it's thrilled. Awesome. You killed it, man. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so we can't wait to get that on shirts. We're, we're already talking with our screen printing company who's going to make them up for us. So if you are interested in getting a piece of Terror Table merchandise to, to help with the show or to just have some fresh swag, uh, send us an email on or send us an email or a direct message on our Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you can also contact us on our website, which is the where you'll find all of our backlogged episodes. Uh, that ep- that website has been being curated by our good friend, John Allison of the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival. He's been doing a great job and helping yeah, out so the show a lot. So if there's anything like weird in there, that's on him. Yeah. Well, we did find out, I don't know if you guys saw, but Alexis responded to our question. I don't know if we talked about this on our best of the year episode, but we were talking about OnlyFans and if you need to show nudity to be on OnlyFans. And I guess you don't need to. Really? So, no. Yeah. I think Boozy, we, could, this, we could be our OnlyFans. Well, Boozy. Not I have to show anything. Everyone that I talked to, like I was on an episode of Cobwebs that I'm going to talk about. I was on it last night. It's coming out next week, I believe, or the week after. Uh, but I was talking with our good friend Daniel Epler of the Cobwebs podcast and Chris Hurtado of Inside the Sequel. And both of them even mentioned they're like, we live for Boozy's Instagram story. <laughs> You're and that's my my boss went and followed you on Instagram. But he doesn't even really know you. I don't think you guys have met in real life. No, we've met. We've met. Oh, you have? Okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, he. Uh, everyone loves your Instagram story. So what I'm thinking, Boozy, is you could mm-hmm. do some major frog action on OnlyFans. Oh, right. You could take like, Flat Fuck Friday to a whole nother level. I love that I could just get paid for stealing other people's content. Amazing. <laughs> Greatest idea. But also we, in the summer, heavy frog catching will be happening. <laughs> we'll catch some frogs on our squatching yeah. adventure with Mitch Clark. ASMR frog catching slash being attacked by Squatch. Absolutely. So we, it may sound like if this is your first time tuning in, it sounds like a bunch of nonsense. We apologize, but welcome to the terror table. <laughs> we are uh, not on mess. These are all real things. Yes. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, so what I was just mentioning is I am a part of a three-part series of podcasts, the first episode being on the Cobwebs feed. Uh, we are doing, me, Chris Hurtado, and Daniel Epler are doing our fantasy Oscars draft from the year 1990 up to the present year, like or 2020 at least is where we're going to stop. We're dividing it into 10 years. We're doing decades for each episode. Uh, so our first episode is on the, the 90s. So we go through every single year and we choose what we would choose as our personal Oscar picks. Uh, so if you've listened to any of our shows, especially Chris Hurtado, the king of the hot takes, um, you will understand that there is a it's not going to be your normal Oscars discussion. There might be some discussion of Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z might be some talk about Anaconda. I don't know. You might just have to tune in and wow. check it out. Yeah. A real so grab it, bag. It, yeah. It was you, really, a, you really sprinkled some names in there for everybody. Yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. Had such a good time with those guys. So keep an eye out for that on the Cobwebs feed. And then uh, it, in a couple of weeks, you're going to see a, one pop up on our feed. So hope you guys enjoy that. I've, we've been having a blast doing it. So I'm looking forward to continuing that. Uh, but yeah, I think that's everything that I wanted to get out of the way. I think we can just get on to what we've been up to. So Kyle, do you want to lead us off? What have you been up to in the horror or semi-horror realm? Well, first thing I wanted to actually mention that I just realized is we all wrote little like blurbs for the Feedback Society. Um, right. Local okay. website. And uh, I think all of us mentioned at least something horror-related in our write-ups, talking about our favorite films of the year and least favorite film of the year. Um, so definitely go check that out because we all had kind of a different uh, take and something interesting to say on that. All three of us are featured on there. So thanks to Craig yeah, and the big best thank side you, for Craig. doing that. Um, yeah, that was, and I that also awesome. wanted to say, I want to shout out William Brent Bell. I think I'm becoming William Brent Bell's like number one fan, Loki. I'm not going to lie. Here we go. What Kyle I love about, with the comeback. What I love about that is that we were in talks with having him on the show. And I'm guessing he heard the hey. following episode where we all just shit on Brahms the boy too. But that's you know things, what, it's though? no disrespect to him. Like he's made Zap. some movies that we all Zap. love. Me and Boozy are big and fans of where? 100%. I that is an incredible was Stay Alive. Yeah, Kyle's watch Stay Alive more than any human on earth. And um, I, need, I just want to say with William Brent Bell, if you're listening to this episode, which I assume you are, I <laughs> this is an open invitation. I know, uh, you know, maybe we... Uh, I don't know. Wires got crossed previously. I don't got know. Nothing the wrong foot. I have a tough time believing that William Brent Bell's passion project was Brahms the Boy 2. So he should be okay with a couple of guys just That's not being a fan of one of his movies. Right. Uh, and you but, know what? It's stuck in my head a lot. And I'm on behalf of the three of us and the, all the terror table. We are officially welcoming you on the show if you're listening. So please, <laughs> please reach out. And if you want a t-shirt too, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll cover that. <laughs> Anyways, but, so but I cover it. I will ship it, but you'll have to pay for it. Yeah, we, you we get don't a got shirt. that kind of you money. You get a shirt. <laughs> yeah. no, it's a, a clout exchange. Yeah, um, exactly. So, anyhow, just I just thought of that right now. So yeah, you should check that out because uh, myself, Mitch, and Boozy, we all we all wrote something for that website. So that's thefeedbacksociety.com. You can check that out. Yeah, I um, want to say I didn't. I didn't. Obviously, we didn't read each other's write-ups before it went up. So I had so I much fun reading it. your guys' write-ups. Uh, specifically oh. boozies. I remember laughing my ass off at his like worst of the year. Same with Kyle's worst of the year, obviously, but boozies. I was something... so salty, man. I was so salty when I wrote that. <laughs> what, what, what were you talking yeah. about? What movie was it? Uh, you be Halloween. Oh, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great it's website. I kind of don't want to, cause like part of me wants to enjoy it, but I know I won't. So I'm just going to let it be. Kyle. I'm going to let you know that like Boozy and I are in the minority for not liking Huey Halloween. 
And I don't understand it. I have no fucking... Huh. I don't get it. Pardon? Do you think I'd like it? Well, I don't know. No. You'll, no, you'll laugh at the Harley Quinn joke like everybody else. Yeah, that's the Harley Quinn joke is so good. That carried that <laughs> well, whole you know, movie. You know the film's good if the Harley Quinn joke is the best thing it's got going. Yeah, so. uh, you know, there was it's going to look great enough. in five years. There was another... I liked when he was always puking. <laughs> there, were mom- there were moments of it. Like, the first half hour, I was busting a gut laughing, but then the joke just wore off for me. We don't need to talk about Hubie Halloween anymore. We're in 2021. Let's move on, boys. Fair enough. Okay, well, I'll kick it off here with a film from 2020 that I will talk about in 2021. Uh, this was a film that I didn't quite... I guess along with Scare Me, a film that I really wanted to check out last year, but I only got the chance to recently. Uh, And this is actually a film that Mitch turned me on to, I don't even know, maybe half a year ago now, roughly. I don't know. Just kind of tell me, like, hey, you should keep your eye out for this one. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, And that is uh, Lawrence Michael Levine's Black Bear. Um, So this isn't, like, strictly a horror film. However, I think, uh, you know, fans of the genre who maybe are more into, like, A24 type horror films you know you're it comes at night some um, green rooms hereditary Dra- drama horror drama horror yeah sure i i think if if that's kind of your jam you'll definitely get something out of this and i've definitely seen people who are you know into the genre talking about black bear uh listener of the show lana said it was her favorite film of the year so anyhow i think the listeners of the show will also enjoy it um it's hard for me to really dive into the story too much because uh, it's very like spoiler heavy but it stars uh aubrey plaza sarah gadden and christopher abbott uh christopher abbott of course was in uh possessor last year as well if anyone's had the chance to check that one out as well uh from this past year and they all give great performances they're like this kind of twisted love triangle that goes in multiple directions throughout the film um but it's like without a doubt the standard of the film is Aubrey Plaza giving her best performance of her career up until this point. Now, I think we've talked about this before, uh, maybe off the show, I don't know, but just how, you know, we didn't really know Aubrey Plaza had it in her, but this is without a doubt an example of show, showcasing that even though she's kind of doing like a similar shtick she's done before, it is just like the most elevated version of that. And you could tell totally. it's like, and not only is it like, knowing like the director's knowing that like she can give this kind of performance but she's definitely giving a lot of herself and she's like pushing herself in this role and it's it's really emotional to watch and in in many different ways but i mean i couldn't really say you know nothing but good things about this film uh but again i just don't want to get into the story too much i would recommend going in as blind as you possibly could um if you've heard anything about this film up until this point, I'm sure people have said similar shit about it. It's just one of those spoiler-heavy films. Uh, I know that at Sundance, when this film was premiered last year, they were even saying, like, please don't talk about the movie. Like, like I yeah. think the director at a Q&A said, like, just, just don't talk about it. Like, I want you to watch it, but, like, I think it would just be better for everyone if we didn't talk about it, which is – I respect that. I respect yeah. that. And that's why I say, like, I also – like, if you can somehow avoid trailers for it, like, they, which yeah, should be pretty, yeah. pretty easy. Yeah, we're, we're not spending time in theaters. But the I, even the trailer, it gives away some stuff that – like, when – I went into the film completely blind, like, absolutely blind. The only thing I knew about it was Aubrey Plaza was in it. We were watching it for the screening process for the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival – And I ended up fighting for this one really hard and uh, got it to play. And it ended up being like a favorite of the festival for people. So I was very happy to hear that. Um, But it is a movie that like it just it really laid me out on my ass when I had no idea what I was in for. And it's just totally my kind of movie. Like I would say it's it's also like 
you know, it's not a horror movie, but like Blue Valentine to me is a horror movie. Like it just because it terrifies me right. and it cuts mm-hmm. me Absolutely. deep. And Black yeah. Bear is similar, but it's a dark comedy. Like it's it's it like is, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's dark, it's twisted, and it's just such a great movie about manipulation and relationships. And uh, God, I'm so happy you liked it, Kyle. Because while yeah. I was wa- when I was watching it, I was like, I instantly thought of you. I was like, Kyle's gonna love this movie, uh, and I'm so happy you did. Yeah, and it's it's always nice to know that like when someone thinks that of yourself and you actually really enjoy the film too, you're like, okay, good. Like I can report back and say this was a banger. <laughs> Uh, and I found a funny thing when looking up at this film a little bit was, uh, the director is like married to, or I don't know, engaged to the director of black Christmas 2019, which I find interesting because like, if you, once you see this film, just knowing that the director and writer as well had, a is in a relationship with a filmmaker and they're a filmmaker themselves. There's definitely kind of an interesting dynamic happening there, uh, <laughs> you know, with how the story plays out. So Anyway, yeah, that's Black Bear. Uh, it's not streaming anywhere that I know of, but it is on VOD, so you can uh, rent it that way or check it out uh, the best way you can. Yeah, definitely, definitely recommend this one. I believe it's going to Amazon. I could be wrong, but I think it's going to be on Amazon if it's not already there. Like, you can awesome. rent it on Amazon, I think. Um, but yeah, awesome. Great. So that's Black Beautiful. Bear. Boozy, what have you been up to? Guy, I have been all over Tubi the last little while and i'm so what excited to new? tell you all about it yes Hon- honestly nobody told me the third rock from the sun was on there which i will not talk about Huge. but it's just Huge. that is a sweet show sweet show anyway first thing i checked out was something that i remember mitch was telling me a long time ago to watch and i finally decided to which is 2008's based on clive barker's uh books of blood uh the midnight meat train oh, oh. yeah so the Bra- bradley cooper vehicle <laughs> yeah, and I I am scared to even try and pronounce the director's name, Ryuhi Kitamura. Oh yeah, Ryu Kitamura. Yeah, he oh. did a uh, what the, what the hell? Like, other people really like his movies. He oh, he has wow. he has his own style. I will definitely say that much. It's a, there's a Korean style to his filmmaking. It's definitely in how the action plays out. I think yeah, this, and the, this and the story violence. is so odd, but I loved the ending. Um, I was not expecting that ending at all. Man, I can't believe yeah, I, Of course I believe that, but I'm happy you liked it. That I hated the ending of that movie. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that this was an interesting... I don't think I would ever watch this again. It was, it was interesting, and it felt very much like you don't see anything that really comes out looking like this entirely. Like this is kind of that weird, uh, like the matrix reloaded had came out kind of deal, you know, uh, it's got that style of that, that glossy style of action. Yeah. I know what you mean, but it's yeah, also got exactly. Vinnie Jones, Vinnie Jones from snatch <laughs> I, <laughs> debatably also, the only good guy, Richie movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> fair. Well, honestly, you're yeah, that's fair. No, I just guys made some good stuff. Yeah, no, he has yeah, boozy. You got, you yeah. got me that DVD of rock and roll and that was good. Did you actually watch it eventually? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally did. Courtney, love Courtney loves that movie. So, like, give give me the facts on this one, Boozy. Is well, it's the best. Bradley Cooper. It's like the best pizza at Thirteen Pies. If you want to know, <laughs> right? Thirteen Pies, the midnight meat train. A, Get it with the white. It's sauce. a good pie. Beautiful. Good pie. Right. Which is which is like kind of a shame that it's named after that because it is not an amazing film. It's very odd, but I totally get it because there's meat everywhere in that fucking movie. All it is is just meat. Right. It's yeah, it's it's like kind of like watching a video game 
that somebody turned into a movie and Bradley Cooper just happens to be in there. And yeah, they, they really throw the story at the, at the wall and you just kind of have to deal with the fact that it makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I trust, I don't trust Bradley Cooper. I just gotta be honest. I think like, coming is around it like on how him. I don't trust the rock kind of deal. Like there's something below it's the exactly surface. like that. It's exactly like he's, that. he's too nice. That's what it is. But let's be silver I... lining. Silver linings playbook. Are you kidding me? That's all these. I like that movie a lot. Don't get me wrong, but that's American cool. Hustle is one of my. I love David O. Russell. Yeah. You don't like American Hustle? Nah, babe. Give it a couple more years. I'm sure you'll be able to understand it. Ooh. I think the exact opposite. I remember this is one of those movies. I don't want to get a huge tangent, but that to me is like good at the time, not going to be good in a couple of years. And I've watched it since, and it's a fact. I entirely disagree. I own that movie. I've watched it recently. I love that movie. It is such oh, a good movie. Mr. Cooper gives me the heebie-jeebies. That's all I gotta say. You do you prefer him as a raccoon? <laughs> yeah, I think I prefer anybody as a raccoon. Honestly, I guess yeah. so. Well, he's uh, yeah. What's the uh, the fucking rocket raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy? I've never That's seen, the... but I, I I think I would like him more. Shut the fuck! You, You've okay, never seen I've Guardians seen, of the Galaxy. Even I've I seen, seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Kyle, come on. I haven't seen it, but I feel like I have because I've seen so much about it. Dude, it's so good. Both of them are amazing. I uh, that blows I, my I, mind. I have nothing there. against it. I just haven't seen it. I totally believe that. Jesus, prioritize, but, Kyle. But just to be clear, I haven't seen it yet. I would still prefer Bradley Cooper as a raccoon. I need to okay. make that note. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Midnight Meat Train. That sounds like a pretty <laughs> lukewarm review from guy from Boozy. I mean, I guess if you're into action violence, then that's going to be your thing. But other than that, yeah, there's not CGI a lot violence. Heavily CGI. Okay. Yeah, she's not really my thing. Like Ryu Kitamara, what was the he made another one that came out a couple years ago that was on Shudder. Um, I think it was called Downrange. Does that sound familiar? It was like about a sniper. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I watched that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did Downrange. He did No One Lives, which is a movie that a lot of people like that I thought was trash. Um Godzilla Final Wars. Okay. Sky High, but not the Kurt Russell one. Uh, uh, just some other one. <laughs> yeah. Either way, Sky High. That's funny. Oh, it became. It came up before it. To be fair. Yeah. Twenty two thousand three. Cool. All right. Uh, does Kyle? Do you have anything else, or just Black Bear for today? Uh, that's all I really have. I will just throw a quick honorable mention, though. That again, not really horror, but has horror like shocking elements to it, in my opinion. And I really just want to give this movie a plug, and that's Promising Young Woman. I would highly oh. recommend checking that out. Yeah, I'm I, watching it this weekend. I've heard great I things. Loop it in, I would loop it into sort of a similar like horror-adjacent feeling that Black Bear has, um, but I won't spend too much time talking about it other than just um, definitely check that film out. It's really good. It has has something really interesting. It presents something we've all talked about a lot in a really interesting way, so definitely check that one out. Sweet. Cool. That'll be this weekend. All right, I guess I'll knock one off. Uh, I just have two today. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I've been busy, whoa. man. Whoa. Your, bo- your boy has been busy. But also, I, like, I watched movies that weren't horror movies. Courtney and I watched all the Indiana Jones movies. Holy fuck, you guys. I had never made it through Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, <laughs> what's it like? Oh, <laughs> what's, it, yeah, what's, the end, it, what's that like? <laughs> it is, com- like, I don't understand how anyone can defend that thing. Like, it, I know that for the most part, people don't like it. But holy right. fuck, that is a pile of garbage. Oh my god, that movie was so bad. And it sucked because the first three are amazing. I love all three te- Indiana Jones movies, including Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is bonkers. 
Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to James Mangold's version of Indiana Jones. I think that's going to be awesome. Are, I never got are they doing new, new ones now? Yeah. 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 And I, I think I haven't been keeping up with it too much, but I'm pretty sure it's still Harrison Ford. It is. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh okay. I, they're not like they're not doing like a whole new Indiana Jones well, now. I think there was a rumor that Chris Pratt is going to be taking over Yikes. Indiana Jones, and yeah, that would like as much as I he, I like Chris Pratt, but like we've I'm got Pratt Chris Pratt overload overload. Exactly. Yeah, it's too yeah, much. I like give the guy give, a break for a year or two. Then not only then that, I'm give, not only that, but give someone else that role. Give someone else a role. Like he's yeah, he gets like, everything. Yeah. Let's get let's get Gilfoyle from uh, Silicon Valley. <laughs> Gilfoyle. That, are you talking about Martin Starr? <laughs> yeah, let's get him oh. some roles. Okay. Wait, wait, no, wait, wait, would, hold on, hold on. Is he a bad guy? I keep uh, no, I would love, bad to, see, I would love okay. to see Martin Starr as Indiana Jones. I'd be sick. <laughs> That'd be great. All right, well, I'm going to talk about a movie that was given to me for Christmas from my boss. Uh, so that is Peter. The, uh, I'm going to start off with this is the director, Peter Weir. Weir? Wire? He's an Australian filmmaker. You might know him as the director of The Truman Show, Dead mm. Poet Society, mm-hmm. Master and Commander, Witness, and The Year of Living Dangerously. But what some people know him as is the director of The Plumber. <laughs> so this is a movie so what that, Mitch knows him as yes well, that's what I know him as that's for sure 1978 uh, was the year that this film came out and it is set around a creepy man who says he's a plumber doing some work in a woman's house and she just is okay with him coming in and doing work even though she had no idea like she knows her and her husband didn't call a plumber but this guy's just going into their house Doing some plumbing. What? Anyway, so he's just like, "Hi, I'm here for your house," and she just like accepts that. Boozy, you would love this movie. I need to it lend sounds it. Sounds like it. Yeah, and it's also it's a quick, quick hour and fourteen minutes. Like, so it's a hour nice doc. short. Do, yeah, is it nice actually an hour and fourteen? Yes, it's very I, short. I literally have a movie I watched today that was an hour and fourteen. That's odd. Hell yeah! Uh, but the thing is, so this movie. <laughs> It's completely ridiculous. This You can tell it because I know Peter Wire, he co-wrote this. I know I'm probably driving someone crazy, especially Cody Charleston, a man from Australia listening. Because uh, I know Peter Weir, Wire, I, I I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sure it's got to be Weir. Yeah. I think okay. it's Weir, yeah. Because he, he's done some amazing movies. But, uh, but the thing is, yeah, this was, you could tell that his strengths, and I think he even knows this, and he learned it, and he carried that forward in his career. His strength is in directing. Like, the movie actually has... It's a, it's very competently directed and he, he does try to generate some like, like genuine tension. And you can tell that the man like, and the actors in this movie are talented, but Mm. the writing just turns this movie into a parody. Like it's, it's also missing an ending. There's like pretty much no ending to this movie. It's it's abrupt, but hilarious. And uh, I had a blast watching it. So if you can get a hold of the plumber it is huh. great. And if you ever want to know how a plumber works, this is exactly how he does it. Like, I don't know if you guys saw on my Instagram story. I was just having such a good time watching it because, like, he goes into the bathroom. He doesn't have a tape measure or anything. He just puts a big X on the wall and he starts <laughs> knocking it down with a fucking hatchet. What? <laughs> like, that checks he's out. just destroying her bathroom. Oh, man, it is so funny. Like, it is. I was busting a gut laughing. So I, I had a lot of fun watching The Plumber and I highly recommend it. It is. It is a horror thriller. It's definitely more on the thriller side, I'd say, but it's it's got some very. Did, did you feel life. any horror? Did you feel suspense at any time? 
Uh, yeah, to be fair, um, like, you know, I think if I were to see it when it came out, I would feel it more, but I, I, I could see genuine attempts at horror intention. And I think that it probably worked for some people. The thing is, it's just such a ridiculous concept that like, I don't know how you cannot not laugh at it. So uh, do, once did, again, did he say he was, uh, like, was he an apprentice? Did he, did he tell no. them what level he was at? No, he's, he just came in and said, Hey, plumber, plumber here. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's my Australian accent. <laughs> but yeah so that was the plumber check it out if you want it's fun okay okay uh, this, this, this thing would be ripe for tubi ripe for tubi i I'm it sounds sure like it's somehow on get on there yeah i tried to be guys but then i ended up watching that one fucking like incel christmas movie and it just <laughs> didn't work what a weird hill for you to die on honestly yeah. out of all the I don't know. one thing that i like about that though is I, I received direct messages from a couple people who were like kyle's stance on that is insane yeah i don't know man i i'll see yeah no i'll die on that hill kyle because no one wanted especially to the man who like I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, you've you've watched some of the most problematic movies there are. Are, are you not a fucking Von Trier fan? Yeah, I fuck hard with Von Trier. It's my okay, boy. Okay, we, we can't get into this. Your 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 opinion yeah. on Better Watch Out is yeah. dumb. Um, <laughs> let's continue. Dude, that... Wow. That movie's dumb. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> Boozy. What else did you dig up on Tubi? Oh, guys. I got... You know, you guys only got... T- I, I think I brought the most this week. Very exciting wow. for me. The heat. All right. The heat. So... Checked out another 2020 movie to see if maybe for some reason I, you know, it could have made my list. So I checked out Monstrous. I'm sure you guys, like Mitch, I'm sure you've probably seen the cover for it on the, the thing. It's it's a, one of the million Sasquatch movies that that oh, yeah. uh, honestly oh, at this point yeah. plague to be. Um, but I'm gonna give <laughs> props where props is due. Uh, this is directed by Bruce Wemple and. Uh, it looks fairly clean. Uh, it's it's a weird-ass movie, and I also want to give big props to the fact that they paid for a suit. There's If you want to see a Sasquatch movie, there's a Sasquatch in this movie, and it's at least 10 feet tall. I'm not even... It's the biggest Sasquatch I've ever seen. I'm very impressed by that. I'm sure that this guy has a bright future. Um, there are certain parts of this movie that make no sense because halfway through it became another uh, film. But that's totally fine because there were some cool Sasquatch moments. Uh, it was probably like a, a one and a half on Tubi, maybe a two. That's, that's okay, right? Like, <laughs> wait, that's so. the Tubi rating, or that's your rating? Yeah, that's like my Tubi rating. Out of five? Yeah. Like, in no world, it. in no world or situation is a one and a half out of five a good rating. Well, for, in the Tubi situation, for, I think that checks out. For a 2022 B movie, I am not expecting... A 2022 B? I can't wait for next year. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping the heat on Tubi. All right, so that was Monstrous. Yeah. That one has, it has kind of a cool poster. Honestly, it doesn't have terrible reviews. Well, it's 3.4 on IMDb, <laughs> but I don't really uh, check <laughs> IMDb for things. Boozy, guys, I like to think... It, I like too good rating. for Sasquatch movies. I think it's just different. It's not that it's <laughs> bad. It's just different. It's different. <laughs> and that's okay. Cool. All right. So that was monstrous. Uh, I'll knock off my last one. And it was a film that Boozy talked about, I believe, on our last episode. I checked out Shortcut, uh, another film Hell from yeah. 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is it's a low budget creature feature. I think the film itself looks good. It's about a, it's about a 
group of kids who are on a, a bus and they're on a like field trip and uh, they encounter a creature on the road and uh, things. There's some fuckery afoot. There's some definite fuckery. There's definite uh, fuckery. Yeah. The things that the, what I will say about it is I think the monster in the movie is pretty damn cool. Uh, I'm a big fan of like I like these low budget monster flicks that just like toss a man in a suit. Like totally, those have totally. always I've always been a man in a suit guy ever since uh, like Alien. And uh, I would say this movie has like a similar vibe to Eduardo Sanchez's Altered, even though I was a much bigger fan of Altered. Um, I just appreciated what this filmmaker was going for. And I always like seeing people attempt to make low budget creature movies. Um, it's one of my right. dreams to one day make a creature feature. So I'll always be drawn to these low budget projects that just have like they have limited resources and they're trying to make something neat out of it. Uh, you could definitely feel the budget just in the sense that it's a very small movie. Um, there's not a lot of traffic throughout the film. Like it's it's really just this group of kids uh, who happen to be quite annoying. But I think that's kind of standard in these types of movies. Like the characters are always annoying. Um but shortcut, not it wasn't it wasn't bad, but uh, I, I think it's getting beat up online pretty pretty bad, and I think people why need, what a weird I, like well you gotta to go check after. your you gotta check your expectations at the door like I, yeah. when you when you're going into a movie like this I don't know what you're expecting like I don't so it it annoys me when people watch movies like this and then they go oh it's terrible half star and just like you wouldn't have liked you went into this movie knowing you weren't gonna like it so like i don't know if that's... honestly you know they like big props to them for having like the practical effects and at least trying to like make a story you know what i mean they they didn't just throw people in the middle of nowhere and didn't give any context of a story they at least tried something so i i really yeah. did appreciate that i thought some of the kills were cool yeah, yeah the kills like... were cool and the, the the i didn't like the 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 fat kid <laughs> the, the, there's like the that fat kid trope where he's always just annoying and screaming and stuff. And it, it, he's always randomly right. hungry too. It's like, why do you need this as a character trait? Like this guy can oh, not be hungry for a while. Yeah. He's always eating. That's yeah. like a, that's <laughs> been a trope for so long. It's like, uh, what other, Oh yeah. We watched Richie rich the other day. And it's oh, like, it's, it's the same thing. The kid is so similar to that where it's like, why is he always eating? Like I get, we get it. He's a, he's the big kid, but like, do you think it's wow. like written by people who have never met somebody who's like overweight? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like they don't understand people the low key fat shaming. <laughs> oh, I think they need to show the audience. Oh, he eats a lot. Otherwise, oh, maybe it's, it's right, makeup. right, right. It's makeup. It's a lot. Now we that know is his, no. that is his character. He eats. You guys try and keep up. Yeah, tropes, you know. <laughs> but yeah, short, shortcut. I'd recommend it if you're if you're a fan of those low budget creature features. It's not going to blow your socks off by any means, but I think as a little independent creature feature, it was pretty cool. I'm glad you checked it out. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it intrigued me when you were talking about it. So had to, had to get had to do it to him. <laughs> uh, but that's everything I got. So, or I'm gonna give one last quick shout out though, because it's not horror at all. But if you're not watching Cobra Kai, I don't know what to tell you. This, this thing is the most enjoyable and fluffy as it gets. Third season. I just finished it this week, and um, I don't know. It's it somehow has the best character development development I've maybe seen since Breaking Bad or Mad Men, and I'm talking about what? Cobra Kai. Actually, yeah, no, it's the character development is okay. unbelievable right. in the show. It's super okay. corny. It's a sequel to the Karate Kid. You do not need to see the Karate Kid films to watch this show. Um, they yeah. they catch you up on all. They'll do flashbacks from the movies to catch people up. Like I know Courtney wasn't familiar with them, and she was still really enjoying it, but. 
everyone's praising Cobra Kai right now, and I'm just here to throw my hat in. I've been loving it ever since uh, uh, season one, and uh, the ending of season three just had me so goddamn jacked up. I was so excited. I cannot wait. They're talking about how they have six seasons planned. Give give it to me, baby. Give me all of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all Cobra right. Kai. Boozy, yeah. what else have you checked out? Guys, I have some cream of the crop right here for you. And oh, no. Oh, I just, I, I can't believe this exists and I've never heard of it. So this is from 2015. This is a Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig vehicle known as a deadly adoption. Oh my I God. Thought... I, dude, this was, a, I think this was the one where they tried shelving it forever. <laughs> yeah. It's on Tubi, um, is it not? Yes. I was trying to find out about this. I guess whoever directed it is like somebody that Will Ferrell discovered and gave them an opportunity to direct. Uh, and it's like a lifetime movie, but it's a horror black comic. It is so strange. It is so this so looks strange. Insane. What's it called again? Sorry. It's called a deadly adoption, and I'm pretty sure Will Ferrell's wearing the worst wig like the entire time. And there's there's at least two dance numbers in this to to like uh, what would it be like royalty free music, and it's really awkward. What's crazy is I haven't seen this movie, and it it, it does not look good. No. Uh, but it, I would say that there's a fair chance that this is the better Kristen Wiig movie out of this and Wonder Woman 1984. Wow. Roasted. Huge roast. Yeah. Boom, roasted. Um, oh, right. <laughs> interesting. The director of this recently made a film called Unpregnant that came out last year, which actually a lot of people seem to enjoy. Really? So that's interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've heard great things about Unpregnant. But okay. this, well, this was her first think... thing, and um, right. <laughs> it was interesting. Let's just say that this, this is really interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, dude. I, I, I've tried. I actually re- rewound it because I had to try and figure out what the ending was because it made no sense to me. Well, it is. Yeah, it does say it's a, it's a, it is a TV movie. So you're, yeah, it is a lifetime movie. You're right. It's just it so confusing? it's so odd. It exists in its own little bubble of being weird. And Will I, Ferrell being in it is just the cherry on top. It is so strange. Yeah. And I kind of want I I kind of want to peep game. <laughs> I'm still rooting for Will Ferrell. I'm just going to put it that way. I, I, I won't, you won't be after right watching this. <laughs> well, fair, but <laughs> I think things aren't looking so hot for him, but I'm still rooting. I'm Holy still rooting. Fuck. I uh, I got six minutes into Holmes and Watson. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one. Oh that's boy! Did you actually see it in the theater? I watched it in the theater. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, yeah, you made you like gave it the twelve dollars it made back. You you were eight of the it dollars. Yeah, you know, actually, that was one of the weirdest like movie theater experiences I've ever had because it was completely packed around Christmas time. I didn't even Christmas Day, honestly, and. There was no, you ruined no Christmas laughter. Day by going to this. It's just no it's laughter. Just, it's crazy like, that it's written by the guy who wrote Idiocracy, and oh yeah. then it, it, it has. There's a great video on YouTube. I forget who it's by, and he talks like they break down the whole film, and yeah, it should have been a good movie, but it, it's it's yeah, it's god awful, unfortunately. Yeah, like <laughs> the the, ca- the cast is pretty great, and like you know, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are hilarious together. Like Step Brothers sure. is one of the funniest movies ever, and having Ray Fiennes as uh, Ray Fiennes as one of the the villains, like, you're oh, you I should be that. set. I, I watched that right after, wa- I did a quadruple feature that day, actually. I watched it right after seeing Spider-Verse in the theater. So, yeah, it was mm, pretty bummer. much, <laughs> there's no way uh, that felt uh, nearly as good. 
Okay. Yeah, Spider Verse, so good. Cool. All right, so it's a deadly adoption. What else you got, Boozy? I checked out. This is an older film, also on Tubi. This is uh, North America's answer to Rodan from 1956. It's the Giant Claw from 1957, and. <laughs> Boy, it, does it not make sense. And also, sexual harassment was just very normal in the 50s, apparently. Okay, alright. So, I, w- I wish I would have saved this one scene so I could show you guys, because I literally had, like, my jaw on the floor. Is There was a scene, this woman and guy are sitting on a plane together, and this dude's deep in contemplation, smoking a cigarette. He just literally flicks it out of his hands, turns, grabs her, and starts kissing her. And she's just totally okay with it when she wakes up. Well, women like that, don't they? <laughs> Apparently, but like, it was, you know, I guess what I have to say is traveling has come a long way. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking at pictures of the giant claw and the creature looks awesome. It's interesting when they do the real close-ups and you kind of see it snarl, but a lot of times <laughs> it, it looks kind of like a, a slinky dick. I'm going to be real oh, with yeah. you. Man, Henson... Had to have been inspired by this. It looks like a Skeksis from uh, The Dark Crystal. Oh, like totally. It, oh, yeah, it totally looks bit, yeah. like one of those. But I do you have know, to say... Okay, go ahead, Kyle. I was just going to say, you know how, like, you know, in the past we've talked about, like, watching, like, older films or, like, black and white films or whatever. And how yeah. we, like, when we watch, like, one we really like, we're, like, pleasantly surprised. Because for some reason we have this, like, preconceived notion that, like, if it's before 19, like... 70 then maybe it's boring or bad which is just not true this from what i'm looking at is actually that preconceived notion this is what i imagine like (laughs) this is what i imagine i'm not going to enjoy Um, okay and this looks like something i would like Like, it was it it was pretty fun and this was the movie that was an hour and 14 that i had mentioned because i was like oh it's a tight hour and 14 Um, it's favor that is in its favor it very much so. They they definitely uh, this thing is probably the most annoying giant creature attacking New York you'll ever hear because it has one sound and it does it about a million times. Can I guess? And, is it? Kah, kah. Yes. Okay, the entire. It, it, no, because it looks like one of the fucking ostriches things from uh, Donkey Kong Country. I totally. Is. Yeah, like the ones that yeah, wants to go. Kah, kah. Okay, so I just Someone I just want to give a quick preview of the kind of movie you're in store for, Mitch, if you choose to watch this movie. A giant creature who they spend most of the movie trying to explain that it is a bird but an alien, but also it, it just reverts back to being a bird, so you can just kill it as a bird, so there's really no point in it being an alien. Uh, so so you, got, you got that. Um, it it is going to systematically pick off every single person in New York. That's literally its plan, and the government's response is to do martial law. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> in, okay. it makes in the kitchen, no... and it's tasty? In the kitchen, and it is definitely tasty. What an odd fucking movie. But definitely, if you want to check it out, there's uh, lots of cawing, and a group of teenagers who are driving erratically and drinking get murdered because of it, because they shouldn't Good. be. Yeah. Okay. That made me oh. feel great. There's that. That hits close to Saskatchewan. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, it really does. No, okay. All okay. right. Well, is that everything you got, Boozy? No, I got one more. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Are you guys ready? Do you guys yes. like Kane Hodder? Uh, yeah. I, of course I like Kane Hodder, but fuck, has he done a lot of bad movies that aren't Friday the 13th? Yeah. Could you imagine if Kane Hodder was a giant werewolf who also had an exoskeleton metal suit? That oh, goes no. by the name Project Metal Beast from is that what the mo- is, is that what the movie's called? Project Metal Beast? 
Hell yeah. It's a cool is. name. It's a cool name. Guys, you need to check out the art for this thing. The special effects is so cool. This is such a weird little piece of mid-90s monster movies. I think, Mitch, I think you'd really enjoy this movie. There's not a lot of story. There's just a fucking mm. werewolf that has titanium and kicks ass. Yeah, I'm kind of into it. I love the tagline. Um, it's not as good as Mom, uh, former tagline. I think that wins the best tagline of uh, the you know, <laughs> of Earth. Um, but they wanted a soldier as hard as steel. They created a creature that could not be destroyed. But, but like, so cool. And it kind of yeah. looks like Predator almost. Sick. It's like werewolf-looking Predator. I think I think you would definitely enjoy it. It's, it's goofy and funny, and uh, there's some kind of cool kills. Yeah, I'm always I'm always down to check out some of Kane Hodder's other films. But yeah, this looks this there's a couple posters on here that look pretty cool. Right? I, I think there's some great stuff on Tubi. Like I said, I've been raccooning my way through and there's still some good stuff in there. <laughs> Hell yeah. There's right. still some cool half eaten pizza, you know what I mean? Like mm. Absolutely. Some used condoms at the bottom there sometimes oh, too. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get on to our main feature. Uh, so we'll be right back. <laughs> After uh, this brief message from, uh, I, don't, I don't know, we, we'll see you guys on the other side. Hi. Hi. So what are you running from? Running. Well, this place looks uh, haunted. I'm writing. Oh, really? Me too. So what are you working on? It's kind of a revenge story about werewolves. You written anything I've read? Or? I just wrote a book called um, Venus. You wrote Venus. You're a best-selling author. I'm so sorry. This road is actually only for best-selling authors, so I might kick you out. You're not so great. Huh? Your power out. Power outage. I'm bored. I've cheese, I have veggie, right? You seem like a fella who might be interested in some scary stories. And you seem correct. Hit me, Scaremaster. So, uh, there's this little boy. You hear something. Gasp. This is the part in the story where the creepy strings kick in. Everything goes into slow motion. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. It's a good story, right? It's just been done, like, I don't know, six or seven hundred times. Just because you're the best-selling author doesn't mean you get to school me on story. Actually, yes, it does. Look at you! You are emasculated! <laughs> I'm going to get you! Run, Jason! <laughs> no witnesses! <laughs> Do one of the about dead babies. Like an army of them? You know, they got like little baby hands. It's just like, we don't want bottles, we want blood, you know? <laughs> Fred, what are you doing with that poker? This part of the story? And welcome to our main feature presentation in which we're going to be talking about the 2020 film Scare Me, which is now available on Shudder. I believe it's available on Shudder in all countries, so everyone has a chance to check this one out. It is written and directed by Josh Rubin, 
and it's starring Josh Rubin as Fred, Aya Cash as Fanny, and uh, Chris Red as Carlo. Those are the main main characters. We, I mean, we also have Rebecca Drysdale who plays Betna, uh, and Lauren Sick, the bookstore employee. Uh, so, like, it's a very tight little small small independent it, it, film. It tell, yeah, it tells a small little story that that uh, with, with with minimal characters. Exactly. So the synopsis of this one is. During a power outage, two strangers tell scary stories. The more Fred and Fanny commit to their tales, the more the stories come to life in their cat scales cabin. The horrors of reality manifest when Fred confronts his ultimate fear. Uh, so we're going to get all into this thing and talking about what we thought of it and what we took away from it. But let's start off with Big L's thoughts on Scare Me. Uh, so this one's coming from our boy Elio, all the way from New York City. Wow. New York City! Is the that... Windy City, the Big Apple. What do they say? What's up, everyone? Welcome to New York. This is Saturday Night Live. Wait, is the Windy City Chicago? Windy yes. City. Yeah, Windy. Wow, Windy City. Windy City. I, I was watching that uh, South Park episode of Shitty Walk. Oh, <laughs> but um, yeah, with it, yeah, Chicago's the Windy City. I have a homie that Sorry. just moved moved home from Chicago. He was there for the entire Trump term. Oh, it was, oh the, fun. He, he was only there for that, and that's why I feel so bad for him because, yeah, well, oh. he's I, a big fan, hey? Kyle, no, I just want to ask totally not. The, we got your work. Do you think the security is better at your job than at the Capitol then, building? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, yeah, <laughs> 100%. I've, I've seen shoppers' drug marks that are that are more well defended, man. <laughs> that's a fact, that's a fact. We, we're going to not talk about politics, but the only thing Fair. I want to say is, is how badly I feel for Jude Dawkins right now, <laughs> because like on, oh, his, right. on his, on his Facebook, yes. everyone was like, is this you? Is this you? Because that oh, idiot was no. wearing like a bear suit. Oh, man. I hope we're sorry, but just ruin this dude's gimmick. Yeah. No, like, I, big, I hope big virtual hug. I hope he can make it through this and continue. Yeah. Continue with his shtick because it is awesome. I love Jude Dawkins and I love we Cheetah love Bears. Cheetah Bear. Yeah, he's awesome, but uh, it is just super unfortunate. We're talking about a friend who's a professional wrestler who uh, dresses up as a half man, half bear, and uh, he his suit has some similarities to that dipshit in the Capitol. Uh, let's stop talking about that though. Let's no more politics. Uh, this is from Big L. All right, I, I'm just I'm gonna call him that forever because I like that. I like that. Um, that's a sweet. That's a sweet name. Big L yeah. coming in hot. <laughs> Hi, Terry Table. I hope you are all well. So let's get right down to it. I honestly thought this movie was pretty good up until the end. First off, I loved the acting. Honestly, all four actors in this movie were fantastic. Aya Cash is perfect and seriously held this movie down. I thought that both her and Josh Rubin were excellent and held the movie together. They kept it super captivating for a movie that is basically just a spooky podcast taking place in a cabin. My main complaint is the thought is I thought it all sort of fell apart in the end. I love the final idea of the Uber driver stealing the book ideas, but I thought the whole sequence between Josh Rubin and Aya Cash was a little all over the place. All in all, I had a lot of fun with this movie, and I thought about it a lot since I saw it back in October. This was definitely different and gave me some after-midnight vibes. I think a fun watch for sure. Also, please more boozy trying to eat a whole Subway sandwich content. Thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Boozy, you're going to have there to deep is. throat a Subway sandwich again soon. Uh, for the gram again. You yeah. got to at least try again, because last time, man, I don't know. You pathetic. know what? I, I I don't see you guys pulling up with sandwiches like that. Fuck, fine. Next time, yeah. I'll go straight 12, yeah. all right? 
Yeah, Let's next time it. I'm going with a foot long, and I'm going to get yeah. that thing all the way down to my belly. Well, good. Let's live stream it. Yeah, so Josh Rubens, he has a massive body of work. He's done tons of shorts, TV appearances, including two episodes of Pokemon, uh, which he played Lewis. Brought that up. I, yes. I don't yes. know who Lewis is, but he voiced oh, Kyle him. knows. Kyle, are you familiar with Lewis on Pokemon? I got to be honest. I'm not totally familiar with God, Lewis dude, from this is, this Stopping is your the Rage to shine. of... I yeah. mean, this is 2011 Pokemon, so admittedly, Fair. I haven't really seen the show since maybe 2001. Yeah, so, that's I would I think it would be a an, a bigger but, issue if you did know about 2011 Pokemon. I don't know, whatever, man. Watch what you want to watch. Uh, I have not True. seen Stop Stopping the Rage of Legends parts one and two though, unfortunately. But huge shout out uh, to our boy uh, Josh Rubin. He he was also in that show um, or the film. Greener Grass. Did you guys see that? Oh, yes. Okay, that's Which right played right at the festival. Man, yeah. uh, Greener Grass is fucking amazing. It is such a funny movie. Yeah, it's one of my I, favorite, like, modern comedies. Yeah, that played at yeah. the Fantastic Film Fest two years ago. Yeah. Shout out to Fantastic Film Fest. That's and I was one of those ones. My brain. Like, yeah. trying to remember where I had seen uh, Josh Rubin from, and, and that was exactly it. It was Greener Grass. Thank you. Thank you for, oh my God. Yeah, I swim. Uh, well, I'm looking at, he was the swim coach. I yeah. uh, swam past that. I, I was wondering, I was like, where do I know this guy from? Because, like, the moment he came on screen, I was like, I like him. Like, <laughs> I was excited just knowing that he's in it. Also, uh, I'm a huge fan of The Boys. I think, Kyle, you're still, are you caught up now? I freaking love The Boys. Great show. Yeah. yeah it's so good. So you're caught up on how Aya Cash plays Stormfront? All I, and that, honestly, in a way, it was kind of distracting because I could only think of Stormfront a little bit in this film, at least for the first half, in some ways, just because it, it's the way like um, the way she carries herself. It yeah. felt so sinister in a really similar way. Not as crazy as Stormfront, but uh, yeah, if you've seen that think, show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, like uh, I will admit that. Uh, the boys was my first time like experiencing Aya Cash and she does such a great job at being hateable and not <laughs> like she's not a likable character. But I know Especially that she's that, been oh, yeah. she's been getting a lot of praise. Like uh, I've been reading articles that people are talking about her and I think she's about to blow up big. And uh, I think uh, Scare Me is another one of those examples that people are going to use when it comes to her depth as an actor. And uh, yeah, so this movie, let's just get into it, guys. I don't know what you guys thought about it, but uh, I watched this on Shutter. It was about a week about a week ago, and um, yeah, these two, like Josh Rubin and Aya Cash, they just they got charisma coming out the wazoo. I, I feel like yeah. I could have watched three hours of them just just telling me <laughs> stories. Yeah, man. Um, okay, well, I think that means you liked it, but I, I I really enjoyed this movie. I thought that it was just a really clever and interesting independent horror movie, and it was like another one of those examples where it's a one location, a small cast, and it's just really tight writing, but the writing would not... That's why I like that knowing... I, I, I didn't know going into the movie that Josh Rubin also wrote and directed it, mm -hmm. so it made a lot of sense because I was like, man, talk about like for uh, like in theoreticals i was thinking like this writer must have been just stoked when they found this guy to play this role because <laughs> i don't know like he just seems like no one else could pull this off because yeah, he's just got just, so much charisma and he's such a wacky character it doesn't feel like he's acting at any point it's like he's just telling you guys as it is as it's coming out of his head 
Yeah. So like to th this is likely going to be a little bit of a shorter main feature because like there isn't a whole lot to talk about, but that doesn't mean that it's not a great movie or um, it's just one of those like it's a very small, small story. So there's only so many places we can go with it. But I thought it was just like like Boozy said, like I could have just watched three hours of those two talking. I the time the time of this movie, like the running time just flew by. Uh, because I was so invested in listening to them and getting to know them as characters. And I thought that they were like really fun to watch. And not to mention, uh, what's it, Chris Red? Is that? Yeah, I think I just said his name. Um, yeah, he played, he was in uh, Popstar. He was he Hunter plays, the Hungry. Yeah, Hunter the Hungry. <laughs> Which uh, Popstar was actually a fairly solid. Oh, movie. that's a great Man, movie. Popstar, great I was movie. just, I was just talking about this today because my boss still hasn't seen it and he would love it. But like, Popstar is one of the best modern comedies because it's so like, it's fun. honestly funnier than Hot Rod. Yeah, I know. It like, it's it bombed, it's, which is just. But it's surprising. developed like a cult following. Like right totally. before, right before like the pandemic and everything, it got re-released yeah. in theaters because it was it had started oh. gaining steam again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like three years later, there's so many like so many amazing moments in that movie. But like, I one of my favorite things is the Mona Lisa being an overrated piece of shit. <laughs> it's just that that speaks right to my sense of humor. <laughs> Mona Lisa, oh god, it's so good. I'm gonna watch Popstar again this weekend. Love that movie. Uh, Popstar would be a good double feature with Scare Me, though, honestly, because it kind of has a similar energy. Um, okay, just, I can I can see that. I can definitely see that. It's definitely this is just like a really tight little comedy horror, and uh, I liked it much more than I thought I was going to because I was like, I cash. I know everyone likes her, but she honestly was the reason why I didn't watch it before the end of the year because I was like, she was so good in the boys that I just didn't want to see her anymore. Uh, but I'm happy that this could wipe my palate clean and like, you know, obviously right. any intelligent audience member should know she's playing a character. If she was unlikable in an in a villainous role, that's a good thing. Uh, so I thought she was she was really, really good in this movie. And I just don't know if this type of story could, you know, hold an audience's attention for an hour and a half with uh, with two characters that aren't this interesting. Like it just well, really helped having them be so interesting. I think they really they worked in that regard, like throughout the whole film, honestly, because I felt the same way, Mitch, to an extent, like, well, not exactly how you were saying, because you said you were kind of like nervous to see her in something else just because you were so familiar with her role in The Boys. And I felt the same way. And especially like near the beginning of the film, when she's first introduced, I was like, OK, like kind of a smart ass kind of sort of, uh, you know, mm -hmm. like a like. I don't know, just intimidating and very like opinionated or, or however you want to say it. But what really sold it for me, like her performance as a whole is actually near the end of the film where she's a bit more reserved, a bit more like uh, vulnerable. Not and as self-confident. Yeah, yeah, she's well, so confident. It's not even necessarily that. I guess yeah, that along with like just showing range, like not that like, OK, like that's mm -hmm. not just her shtick. That's just not her thing. You know, she has kind of more to. Uh, and I've also seen her in Easy and she's a bit more like um, it's a TV series, a Netflix series called Easy, uh, not horror related in any way, but she's great in that show as well. And I can't like I had to go back to see her in there because I had forgot she was even in that show, actually. But it's reminding me again, like what kind of a powerhouse performance she kind of can give. And I think this film does a good job of showing different sides of her because even though she is like insufferable in some ways in the boys, you don't really get that here. You, no. you to an extent, maybe like you can see obviously like a little bit, but this film does a really good job of just showing her being like, okay, maybe, you know, 
intimidated, like a know-it-all type character to an extent, but it feels a lot more earned and like justified in this film. And as the film goes on, you kind of understand why. And and it actually kind of sells it to me uh, going on because when we're first introduced to her, I more so was like kind of like, I don't know, sort of on a Fred side to some extent, like, okay, like this hotshot writer, like who is she? But as the film progresses, it's more like, mm-hmm. oh, well, like, she's like a hot shot for a reason you know like <laughs> yeah it's, it's like, funny is she kind of spills some general truths i guess that absolutely that you don't, she does that yeah. you don't always like to think about is it's not always whoever is the most talented it can be a very like doggy dog scenario yeah well it's it's not even that actually i think she like i don't know how much spoiler we want to give in I, this isn't necessarily a spoiler but uh, there's a part of the film where she just says like well like do something like if you want to be successful do it like go and do it stop stop pouting which i mean is those are harsh words and like sometimes that's not what you want to hear when you're like you know trying to work through shit but at the same time that is what you need to hear sometimes so it's really important to have that and that was like my first note i wrote about this film was just that it was like shockingly real (laughs) like Mm -hmm. yeah and in a lot of ways peel a lot of those layers back well, and it's especially funny, too, because the film is very imaginative and it's all about like that human conversation and how like you can almost like childlike whimsy in a way. Right. Um, but it's it like a sleepover day, telling scary stories, yeah. but with two adults who are professional writers. I got I got to say, I have to give a knock like I got to give a knock to Letterboxd. They kind of fucked me on this one a little bit. What, what because do you mean? Letterboxd of all things. I read the synopsis for this film and it actually kind of threw me off for the film because I was expecting like, I don't want to spoil anything, but I was expecting something else to occur because of the synopsis. And I was kind of let down. I I wouldn't say I was let down, but I was kind of waiting for that turn to be taken. And since it didn't, it wasn't ever taken when the film kind of came to it's, uh, you know, the last act. I wasn't let down, but I think if I were to watch it again, I would almost be experience. I would be experiencing that last act in a different way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know what you mean. Cause, uh, if there is a negative to this movie that I could give, I think I would have to agree with Elio a little bit. Like it does fall apart just a little bit for me at the end, but at the same time, I do kind of like the abruptness of it in, in a sense. And I, I think he got the point across at the end with, uh, the whole the his yeah. assistant driver and everything. Let's just say right now, let's do let's do spoilers from here on out. Sure. I think you can uh, kind of put it together that this is definitely not one of those movies that we hated. <laughs> um, so oh, it's, I think it's, it's one- super imaginative, especially yeah. like you have to wonder, you know, when this was all created in terms of like the pandemic happening. Do you know what I mean? Like if it was even filmed before that, because it, it seems was like a movie yeah, yeah. that would. Oh, okay, because it seems like a movie that would work perfectly if you needed to film that during a pandemic. Well, I should make a quick shout out because I think I suggested this a way back for like a film for us to watch. And I heard about it. I heard about it from a podcast listened to called Intercut. And they Mm -hmm. like do a bunch of like Sundance coverage. And at the end of the year, I was just listening to like a backlog of their episodes. And this is Sundance from like last year. So like in February of 2020. And they had talked really uh, highly about Scare Me. Uh, so this, this premiered like, yeah, like this time last year, more or less. So this, this is before the pandemic, but had just come to shutter, I guess, what, two, three months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that I, that made me more interested in watching it, uh, to have like a full, do a full episode on it and have a full main feature is that like so many of our listeners messaged in their top tens of the year and this showed up on multiple lists. 
Yeah, uh, so I, I wanted to see right away. You're like, what's going on? Yeah, and this so the thing's holding an 83 percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a 71 percent audience score. So that's pretty damn good for a movie this small because this is something that like if you th- if you were to pitch to someone, it's two people telling stories in a room. So many people are out. They're out of it so quickly <laughs> because it's like, how is yeah. that going to keep someone's attention? The way that they can keep your attention is two incredible performances. Specifically, Josh Rubens. I just like I, I loved watching him. I thought he was fucking hilarious. And uh, I don't know. I kind of got a little bit of a man crush on him right now because I, I just I, I want to like, see him in everything. Everything that they did felt so fun to watch where you kind of you had to no other choice but to immerse yourself in the stories that are happening. Right. Because yeah. the characters are, you know, doing and there's so many small little scenes that that make it interesting as an audience because you're mostly supposed to, uh, you know, visualize in your head what's going on. But I, I loved when. Uh, you know, th- they were doing oh, was it like the hand puppets, and it looked like yeah. it trees in the wind, you know, like stuff like that. It's small levels of immersion like that, or like the werewolf claw. I thought was great. Yeah, it's inventive filmmaking, and that's and it also it com. It, I I feel like uh, I could be entirely wrong here, but I feel like it's also commenting on unoriginal ideas and how much fun they can be with the right voice. That's totally, something that yeah. I took away Absolutely, from because because yeah. Rubens so. like Josh Rubin, he he kept on. Every story that he had, A.A. Cash would respond, or sorry, uh, Fanny, she would respond with like, yeah, I've never heard that story before. It would be something sarcastic. And right, uh, yeah. so, but the thing is, it was his charisma and his storytelling abilities that made those like, they made them the highlights of the film. Like specifically when he's running up the stairs and it, yeah, he's yeah, channeling yeah. like kind of like a, one of the things I loved so much about it is I did, it reminded me a little bit of Bruce Campbell in the like overacting, but intentionally overacting. And uh, that, that's just something that I've always been drawn to, those types of wacky, crazy out there performances. Right. Um, so it kind of just won me over right there. And I could see that. Yeah, I, I love his little like like his, his like little Jack impressions that he does, like his Jack Torrance impressions. He does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's so good. It's stuff like that to, to sprinkle stuff like that in to make you question later on why your character is doing certain things. I thought it was a ton of fun to have that yeah. like unhinged level to it. Totally. Well, and it's a and character I, that's completely uncomfortable with failure, right? Like he he can't handle failure, so therefore he hasn't like really learned from anything yet. Well, so totally. Anything that he's written or anything that he's come up with in his mind is perfect, and he's not really like he's not really open to <laughs> criticism or input. Okay? So that, that's kind of where like that's fun. It's, it's written really well in that way. It's like a modern setting in the sense that like everything now is like post. Not that it's like gonna date itself, but like it's interesting because you couldn't really write a script like this until now. And mm-hmm. there's so many like little quips and references that are absolutely made for horror fans. Like, man, there's a jo- I thought of you, Mitch. There's a Jaws and Misery reference in this film. Yep. Like that is totally. <laughs> what about their Crypt Keeper impressions? Their I was Crypt gonna Keeper say, impressions were yeah, fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Both of them Pretty did good. so well. Yeah. Also, hundred points for mentioning Laurie Strode. Yep. <laughs> like there was and yeah, saying his favorite movie, which I 100% believe is Jaws. 100% in real life yep. that yeah, it was like it this totally fits. 
Yep. He's speaking my language there. And I don't, yeah, it's just, it's a really well executed and clever, like indie horror comedy. But like the thing that made it so awesome too, is all the things that they beefed the movie up with specifically the sound effects during the storytelling. Oh yeah. I thought that was amazing. And it was super clever to do that. And, uh, then also that like that I don't know if you guys can remember this part, but they make it really engaging listening to them just tell stories mm-hmm. by using the dolly to kind of zoom in on yeah. their like slowly well, zoom even, in on their faces. They even yeah. tell themselves yeah. to do it at one point. Yeah. They're like, "This is where I would do this in the film." The slow- and then exactly. They start doing it. Yeah. They're like this is where the dolly would push forward. <laughs> also, yeah, how did you guys feel about the dynamic when they added Chris Red? Because I loved it. Is oh, I he loved was it. such a cannonball character that you did not ex- like? I I didn't feel like I expected a lot of his moves. The way he interacted with everybody. It was like Man. he was he was kind of a dick, but he was sincere, but he was really funny. Well, I mean, you... he was also, he was also in a uh, fans of a uh, better watch out uh, film, The Joker. He was in that. So he the was a Joker. comedy club MC, you know. Yeah, he's he's so funny. But also you put Chris Red and I Cash doing blow. You got my attention. Also, I just want to say that was the most. If you ever want to wonder what like the dynamic of the terror table is, that that was it right there. Totally. Oh. Yeah. I would love. I would love to get this guy on the show if he were to. If he would be interested in coming on, because I just feel like he's someone who like it, this. The movie it reminded me of something like, and that's the highest form of flattery to me is that like this is something that Boozy and I would do, or like we like we would just like this is like our style of. Uh, bullshitting with each other and like being goofy and wacky and like that's this movie just, just channels a couple all of, of that silly energy. billies you know well, they, well, it, it channels the energy that i'm i'm on that level like i i'm on the level of this movie and it really worked for me well it has that like i guess like childlike nature but it and it commits to it in a way where it can pull it off but it's mm-hmm. not that it's like some like um like man child like set in like the past type shit you know it's not necessarily yeah. that or it's not that the characters are like unintelligent either it's it's actually quite specific like i don't know if i've really seen anything else exactly like it and that's kind of why i said it like could only really be made now i feel i feel like right. it's like <clears throat> so after like popular culture that you can like sort of absorb something like this uh only almost the only thing I could think of otherwise would be something like "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" Like that's yep. the first thing I could think of otherwise. Oh, this dude, just kind with of with the flashlight on the face, refreshed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's an adult. The, it's like an adult. Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, I think the best thing you can say about this is this is kind of the shit that would like maybe happen with like you and your friends when you were little kids. Is totally you know, not to the not get to carried the away. Extent, but, yeah, but you you stay up late and you tell dumbass stories and eat pizza and your stomach hurts. Like it, it just feels like a girl. You do cocaine. Of, yeah, exactly. That's the grown-up version. That's where we, we switch your, you know, you gotta, you get, you don't have the energy to stay up that late anymore. So sometimes no. you need that. So Kyle. you need some cocaine. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> you, sometimes, the new you, have a, sometimes you have, what is it, Dawkin? What was that one guy? Hated? What's his name? Hawken? Oh, God. Hayden Christensen? No, what's that one guy Why? that, like, faked his own album release? You have the CD. Oh, Threaten. Threaten. Yeah, sometimes where you need are we getting at with this? And a line, you know, then you need a line and then you need to maybe do said line on the cover of the threatened you know CD. What would be, you know what would be crazy is if someone ever did cocaine off of a threatened CD. That, so that's where, that that's would where be crazy. With it. That would be crazy. Um, anyway. Uh, Look up I, I Threaten. Guess, like, if, you, if you haven't, yeah, if you forgot like, about the story of Threaten, someone needs to make a movie about that. A man who 
made his band sound like he was he was in a big band and he planned a UK tour. <laughs> oh man, it's great. Just look up the articles for Threaten. Also, can I mention that I swear listening to when he did his entire werewolf story that I was like this is Batman but with a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's yeah, almost that's what I love about it. It's like the parents are murdered and he's seeking revenge. It's like, yeah. And, and yeah, and, and shout out to Devin the Troll. <laughs> oh, it's man, a very yeah, contemporary so... troll name. Yeah, Devin, um, I like that. The more I think about it, I, I think like I could see the criticism of like the third act sort of like maybe you know, falling apart to an extent. But I actually think, to be honest, the second act is kind of where that happens for me because I feel like it could have led up to something where that last act felt a bit more like justified and it kind of kind of glazed over that instead by having you know like uh carlo come into the picture and it, it, it kind of went into like it took a bit of a left turn almost in a, in a sense and then went and took another left but i feel like the second left would have made sense if we just took a first right if you well, if know. reliant k ever taught us one thing it's yeah two wrong turns right. don't make a right they don't make or a right two left, two, what what's it called Maybe. Maybe if she went to the Sadie Hawkins dance with me, we we can make sense of it. In but... my khaki pants, nothing better. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> fuck Reliant K. Anyway, Man, um... absolutely fuck Reliant K. Yeah, I just I, I rediscovered. Did you see that uh, murdering yeah. thing? I was listening yeah. to our boys David Hopkins. He was on uh, Let's Talk About Stuff, and they were talking about Reliant K. I don't know if you guys need to look up the lyrics for Moodrings by Reliant K to see the most problematic song ever written by a Christian band. Actually, I'm sure it's much worse. There's much worse out there, but I'm it's just going to so say those Christian bands would get away with a lot. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. Um, just trash. I guess my, like my last thought on this, uh, for the most part is I thought it was interesting how they ended up bringing up the power dynamic, like in, at the end of the yeah. film, it's actually one thing I really liked. Like I had kind of made that note while I was watching the film before we even got to that portion of it, where I was like, wow, it's like a really interesting power dynamic. Like, to the point where it ultimately had to come down to violence because before it was just kind of like, you know, fame was the main power dynamic. Mm -hmm. And like one person had fame, one person didn't, one person sort of envied it. The other, you know, sort of maybe held that against the other person to some extent, but eventually that power dynamic like became uh, toxic. Right. So yeah. I, I thought, like, I think throughout the film that was definitely like alluded to in a lot of ways, but then when it actually kind of like confronted it, I think that was actually, Really well thought out in a lot of ways. Um, however, I guess I feel like I think it could have led to that way, or led to that resolution a little bit better. I think I would have enjoyed the film a bit better overall. But yeah, more or less, I, I thought this was a great flick. Yeah. One thing I really like about it, too, is that it it has that conversation with the audience about creativity and how authentic and inauthentic it is. And how even the people who think that they're the most brilliant, like brilliant writers out there, they're still pulling inspiration from someone else in some way or another. Right. And it's just a constant evolution of ideas. But then there are also those people who are stuck on those ideas that have been done so many times before. And they think they can get away with just doing it, but better because it's them. And uh, I, I really like the conversation of like writers voices and how, how they interpret their visions compared to, to make something original. And uh, what you find out in the later end of the movie, the back half, is that there's nothing original about Aya Cash or her or the way that she writes. Or, and she's not above being shitty to other writers to benefit herself because that's just the way some people make stories. Yeah, I, I guess at the same time, though, it's like 
there's always that age old thing of like, oh, there's only really seven stories that have ever existed, you know? So like, how can you, it's the same thing with chords on a guitar, yeah. you know, like yeah, in know. music. Uh, so it's a, I don't know. I feel like that's one of those debates that will go on for mm-hmm. like the end of time. But I, yeah, I think the film definitely looks at that in, a, in an interesting way. I also Not just everyone, noticed that no. this next guy's film, this next film that he's making, it's called werewolves within. What? So there's that. I mean, he's actually making a werewolf film. Apparently. I really like. Obviously, there's no way that it's not comedy as well. Uh, I don't know. I don't yep, know. Comedy horror. Yep. There. You, okay. Well, there you go. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, dude. This is a holy shit. Guillermo's in it. From what we do in the shadows. What? Oh, there you go. Kyle Kyle Zervinsky himself. He's in it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Werewolves Within. It's a feature adaptation of the video game where werewolves attack a medieval town. That's the Werewolf Within. Um, or, or wait, no. I don't know. What's the oh, one I'm thinking? Of? Wolf I've, never, I've never played this. I'm thinking. No, it's of literally just called Werewolves Within, but I've never, I've never heard of it before. It came out in 2016. Okay, see, I, I was know. getting that mixed up with uh, Wolf Among Us, I think, or Wolves. Oh, I don't yeah, know what the yeah, hell it's yeah, called, yeah. but I know. I'm pretty sure mean. that was a. I'm pretty sure that's Atomic an extension game. on the graphic novel Fables, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Let's talk about what we do know. We do know <laughs> that this was a blast. It was fun watching this movie. Boozy, you enjoyed this one. It seems like. I watched it twice. I really enjoyed this movie. I, I think I can kind of agree where I can see where people are coming from um, with maybe not liking the third act, but I think it falls under being... It's it's weird. This movie's like an anthology movie without being one in a weird way, and yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to end those kind of films in an interesting way, and I, I, I kind of do like the idea of how it... or like what it got to. Maybe if there was a different way to get there, it probably would have like held it together for a lot more people. But I actually thoroughly enjoyed this. And for a movie that makes you pay attention when they go, hey, there's a thing on the roof, but you clearly know that there never is. And it's engaging that yeah. I, I think that that speaks volumes to to what kind of to what you're watching. Yeah, without a doubt. I also like I looked it up and I guess uh, Rubens is credited for 46 episodes of College Humor, which makes total wow. sense. So, yeah, it makes total sense. But uh, I definitely think if you haven't seen this one, this is one that you definitely need to check out. It's not going to be for everyone. uh, But I think if you generally like our banter and our bullshit, you're going to get something out of this movie. Um, It's just it's just a fun little independent horror movie. And I also like, yeah, it's an hour and 45 minutes and it did not feel like that at all for me. No, it was very enjoyable. Yeah. And, And one last comment about that ending, too, is that. Something that I do like about it is that it's kind of a realistic ending. Like it, it is yeah, abrupt yeah. and everything, but it's it's really it's realistic. And that's why I think, you know, when you're watching a movie, some people want something more sensational. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of there there's a there's a positive to having something minimal and have it be just feel like it's a real gut punch. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a very successful movie. I, I really enjoyed it, but uh, we can wrap up here, you guys. So everyone gives a thumbs up to scare me. Totally. Thumbs up. Hell yeah. Sick. Well, that was a fun episode. We will be back again next week with uh, Boozy and I are going to be doing an episode with a guest who has been on the show once. So will become one of our good buddies. Our friend and director, Nicholas Humphreys, will be joining us. And wow. we will be talking about demons. So Dario Argento's Presents Demons. Uh, so that's going to be a blast. I've been Get wanting to do that. this. Yeah, I've been wanting to do this one for a while. And I know that Nicholas is he has a he has a sentimental and like 
a deep rooted connection with demons. So that's always exciting when you have interesting voices like Nick uh, talking about a movie that is decades old. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. So you can check us out on just a reminder, check us out on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Send us a message if you want a shirt. Let us know what shirt size you are. We are going to let like I'm just I'm a, I'm accepting everyone's orders first as far as like the sizes and everything. Uh, and then we're going to figure out pricing because obviously we don't know how much this is going to cost us. Uh, but obviously the shirts aren't going to be more than 25 bucks. So uh, Canadian dollars. So check that out. Give our boy Jambi Lives a follow and thank him for making an awesome tarot table image. Uh, check out his Van Swayze, who yeah, fucking fuck. yeah, absolutely awesome. Yeah, Swayze rules. All right, guys, this was a blast, and we'll see you guys next time on the Terror Table. Good night. Good night. Or good morning. Depending where you are, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>